0: Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes Podcast. This week we have Shay Davies from Across the Pond Podcast representing Manchester United. We're going to talk about City essentially clinching and Fulham sealing their fate. We're going to talk about Manchester United's brilliant strategy. We're going to talk a little Europa and Champions League. And the other Captain America has a solid match. All right, gentlemen what's up what's up nate
1: what's going on nate
0: we've got shay from across the pond podcast probably many other things but that's how he's known around our parts uh shay
2: welcome yeah thanks for having me guys thanks for having me
0: no thanks for coming on i'm, this you, I'm, a,
2: your, I'm your east coast like, representative for today
0: we you know what kyle's actually in florida so oh,
2: are you okay? Well technically I'm sorry I'd stay up so late there. <laughs>
0: That's
3: obvious. Mean. No, this he one has we the every record. week, so he's used to it.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh well, just first, I have to say, as as young Premier League fans, um, there have really been, been two podcasts that have really helped shape uh, how I understand the Premier League um one is the wolves fan cast after i chose wolves i've like those guys out in out in wolverhampton have helped guide me along and understanding all the wolverhampton ways and then the other one is across the pond so i'm really thankful
2: uh to have shay on here so thanks man appreciate it yeah absolutely absolutely thanks for being uh an avid participant in our podcast too and predictionally you know all the good stuff so
0: oh uh, yeah yeah, over, yeah, yeah.
2: Over, over, we were overdue for for uh for little performance here a little yeah. uh, show up here. So no thanks man. Well, you're here to,
0: to represent Manchester United, uh-huh. uh, Kyle against his better judgment has kept them around this long. How and dare! So, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you get to represent Manchester United and it would be silly for us not to, from the beginning for me to just uh-huh. ask, obviously it was craziness at old Trafford this weekend um, I saw, you know, guys throwing huge camera stands, like big cameras under the pitch and
2: yeah,
0: uh, just insanity. So I'm just curious from your standpoint, what would you like to happen? How would you like to see this, this all resolved?
2: Yeah. And I'm assuming you're talking directly about the protests, but just about what happens going forward.
0: What happens know? going forward with Manchester yeah. United. Yeah. Like, yeah glazers if you've ever listened chris for two and a half years has ended pretty much every podcast by shouting glazers out (laughs) so uh yeah
3: i know that's an early adapter so
2: yeah yeah you were you were ahead of the curve um look it's a it's a tricky situation right like we were talking about this on our on our podcast quest pond today even it's a tricky situation because on one hand you applaud the fans right you know the fans are the reason why the super league was essentially crushed in a matter of minutes. Like it never stood a chance because no one ever decided to do some, some pressure testing with how people respond to it. And what we see here is another movement where, you know, the fans can't be silenced, right? They get on the field, they postpone a huge game, Liverpool, Manchester United, amazing rivalry Um, just to make a point that Glazers, like, you know, we don't really want to take your, excuse my language, your shit. And what you've what you've caused since you took over the club in the hostile kind of territory Um, but that being said you know let's not be naive like at the end of the day you know you don't just change ownership that easily and it's not as if they're gonna they don't owe they owe it to the fans but they're not don't necessarily have to do anything right because they have such a huge international base that they can get the viewership and the money they need elsewhere
0: yeah and that's I mean, that's. The, the motivation for the Super League to begin with, right, is these <clears> clubs <throat> have such an international fan base that they don't necessarily need the local fans to yeah. drive revenue. Yeah, exactly. But what do you, what do you want to happen, Shay? That's the that's the question.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky one. I, I at the end of the day, I think just we can't have another situation like the Super League situation where the players the staff, the fans are cut off guard, right? So it's a business. I get it. I think there needs to be more lines of delegation, right? You don't want an Edward Ward or Glazer family making all the decisions for a club thinking financially when there's more to it than that. So either more transparency or you bring in more people with that pedigree and that history who you can trust to make the right decisions because they, they truly love the sport and what it means as far as the rivalries and the history and, and for the locals, right? Kyle, takes he's dodging that. the question. <laughs> you know what? I've listened yeah, I've,
1: to
0: I've enough. G- I'm
2: giving you the political answer. <laughs> I've listened to enough
0: across the pond that now this makes sense. I've heard enough. I've heard a lot of <laughs> shade dod- dodging the questions over the last couple of years.
2: <laughs> Look, I have my hot takes, I just save them for the right moment. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, being a guest on someone
1: else's podcast isn't the
0: right spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man. So,
1: you know, I'm super excited to have you on as I dwindle it down here. The, the, the last four clubs remaining for my choice, um, you know, and and to recap, obviously Man U's on there. Chelsea's the other big one. And then we have Leeds and Everton as well. Um, And so just curious, you know, let's start from the very basics. How did your, fandom or you know mm-hmm. how did you become a supporter of man united what do you love about them what drew you to them um you know kind of fill in any of those gaps there
2: yeah yeah first of all you can't really go wrong with any of those clubs i think they all in their mm. own way have their own history mm. someone more, someone more new with another is chelsea uh but either way you know yeah they're all strong clubs See, strong players uh yeah you can't really go wrong for me, I think it's and I'm, you know, maybe it's a little similar to how most, you know, foreigners, foreigners to the England Premier League become yep. fans of the teams. But um, so I grew up in I, I lived the first ten years of my life in Nigeria, right? So I mean, soccer is huge, football is huge as we call it there. But really, you only pushed, you know, one of three teams. Right. And Manchester United was the team that was pushed. And, and at yep. that time it was, you know, the class of '92. it was, it was all the legends, right. You had David Beckham, literally everywhere. So you couldn't see, you couldn't see enough Manchester United jerseys. Right. And my, my side, my dad's side of the family all live in London and they're all Arsenal fans. So I wanted to be, you know, do something a little bit different. And honestly, I think it just started with a jersey that I bought when I went to go visit them and, and, and it became easy to just follow because they were always on TV. And then you start to, and then they started winning. And so it's like, oh yeah, you become a bandwagon fan early on.
1: Sure, sure.
2: And it just kind of picks up momentum and goes from there. So no, no like aha moment, but it was just a matter of what was pushed to me. And then I kind of stuck with it from there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I can resonate with that for sure, man. I became a, uh, so one of my favorite sports is m- baseball. And I became a Cubs fan because they were always on TV when I was growing up. You know, Mm -hmm. and then my dad was a Cardinals fan, so I didn't want to do what he did. So I just became a Chicago Cubs fan. So I can relate with that for sure.
2: I will say, Uh, though, on this on just one last point that, though, I almost became a Chelsea fan of Manchester United because that was the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank air Zola. And I thought those guys were so cool. And I and I love the jerseys and, you know, they're in London. So that was that was if I was a Manchester United fan, I probably would have been a Chelsea fan first.
1: Interesting. What are, your, what are your thoughts kind of on the current team and the future there, um, you know, kind of the, the current roster that they have
2: mm-hmm.
1: set up right now?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, from a performance standpoint, like this is the best we've looked, I think, post-Ferguson era. Okay. We have a player, Mandez who, yeah, I mean, he was highly known. Covered it right, but he yeah. is just playing lights out like he's one of the best midfielders in the world. And I mean, with the absence of De Bruyne and Gundogan and how amazing they've been, the best player in the Premier League, you could say. Um, I think we still have a lot of gaps. I mean, defensively, I, I cringe every time you know there's a match because you never know what's going to happen. And you just think about no championship, like you think about a championship winning team, yeah, a Premier League type team. And and I don't think. Lynn, Lindelof and Maguire um, really fit the pedigree, so mm-hmm. there's still quite a bit of big holes there. But I think, but you know, look, I'll take this positivity over yeah. the Mourinho, the Van Gaal era. You know, even David Moyes. Yeah. era. So let me it
0: ask. A, like let me ask a clarifying question, yeah, real quick. So we are neophytes. Our memory really only goes back three seasons. Mm-hmm. We've certainly all heard of Sir Alex, but. When you say going back to the Ferguson era, when did he finish? Just so we have an, like some context and for anyone else who yeah. listening and is new to the sport.
2: Yeah. What was it? 2011 season. That was the season he won Premier League, right? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. That's I what I'm asking. Last... So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You may need to fact oh. check me out. I'm not wrong, but... That's all right. I think it was 2011, 2012 season when they won the Premier League. That's the last time they won a trophy. Yeah. Um, so we're looking 10
0: years really yeah. since there.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. He, he retired at the end of the 12, 13
2: season. Okay. Okay. There you go. So 10, so nine years. Uh, yeah. and it's been, and it's been more or less nine years of just pain, you know, with a few, with a few, you know, summers of, of happiness and, and excitement, but. <laughs> but
1: I can sense that positivity, right. Even being on this podcast for this season, Uh You know, it started off with my co-host, Chris. It was down in the dumps and yelling Blazers out at the end of every podcast. And then over time, the performance has been pretty good. You know, second in the table. There's a lot more positivity happening. Obviously, the Super League stuff kind of has muddied that a little bit. But getting again, not to ruin the positivity second in the table is nothing to sneeze at, but the goal I yeah. think for a man, U. and if I were to pick them, I want some, I want some trophies, right. If I'm picking man, <laughs> U. so what's the path back to getting over that hump, you know, getting past just, Hey, we're, we're happy to be in second and actually getting to we're back winning premier leagues.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there's, when you think about like a championship winning team or premier league winning team, so I say championship because there's a championship league, but um, you think about a couple of things. One is does the club make enough money to bring in the best players? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Manchester mentioned United States. No question. Now, is it appealing enough to bring in the best players? Yeah. You know, one, it's Manchester. Right. And then two, we're not really, we haven't really won anything. Right. So then it's like, okay, how do we kind of get back to that path? We need to start chipping away, getting back into Champions League consistently, right? You need to, you know, keep the likes of, you know, Paul Park, but people hate him and love him. You know, it, it helps when you have a superstar of that caliber there, right? Because then you bring in other French players who are like, oh, I want to play with my boy. You know, I want to be part of like, you know, the mm. best of the best. So the, the path to get there is not just solely to, to overspend because, okay. you know, that isn't always... Translate into wins, but it's more of a establishing that kind of fear back, right? You need to get that fear back. You need to get the top talent in there. You need to have people look at Manchester United as like a glory destination and not really a yeah, yeah, just a historic club with yeah nothing to show. Get
1: that shine back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What is one thing you'd change about Man U, the club, if if you could? What's one yeah. thing that just gnaws at you that you'd change?
2: So. I, I don't know how often you listen across the pond, but Peter, who's also a Manchester United fan, has 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 been yelling this for years. But he's convinced me too. He's convinced me too, and it's director of football, because when you think about Ed Woodward and Glazers, they're financial guys, right? Like we're talking yeah. consultants, investment banking, right? They run it as a business. It's what's going to bring me the most money, what's going to allow me to grow the club the most, right? But then when you think about director of football, you think about someone who's making like strategic moves like strategic long-term mm-hmm. moves like you you pull the strings you get you get a Conte before you get a Conte, you know what i mean before he blows up it goes to chelsea you get that kind of kind of player where you're like okay we're going the right direction where like in two three years from now you become a liverpool before liverpool was you know van dyke yeah. dominant so that's what we need right now okay. yeah that's
0: good like so that. they don't
2: have a director of football They do not. They've never had one, no.
0: And and what percentage of Premier League teams have that role?
2: It's very, I mean, definitely, it's definitely the majority. Uh Definitely the majority. I don't, I mean, I can't go through every single team, but you think about, yeah, you think about, you know, you think about the top teams in Premier League and they all have a director of football role, right? And it's usually someone who either has like a rich history with the club who's played there or someone who just has a rich history with football in general, so... So do you think that know. is that a
1: glazers thing or is that more of like a tradition thing man U's never had one so
2: yeah tradition man? i mean ed woodward's played that role ferguson's yeah. kind of called the shots before he was you know right. before he got kicked out so yeah
1: interesting um all right man so here's the money question if i pick okay. man U, mm. are they going to be in the premier league in five years
2: in the Premier League, yeah, absolutely. That's not even a question. Dude, this is right. not He's not talking he about to... a
0: championship. He's not saying going down. He's asking, are they going to go right
1: into the? I'm saying, school. are they going to be? Are they going be around in the National League of England?
2: Wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, let me so make sure I'm like, All
1: right, so like, are they joining the Super League at some point?
2: Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. No, 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 no. That, 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 that is squash. That is squash. Okay. You, you okay. don't even have to worry about that anymore. That, okay. That's off the books. All
1: right. All right, man. Well, I got one more question for you. All right. Okay. And I think you've done a great job selling man. You so far, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I like to compete for championships. So that's all good. But if I were to choose United, tell me, convince me, how would I look at myself in the mirror with a straight face, knowing that I just jumped on, you know, the Yankees of soccer.
2: I jumped on the front runner. You can't think about it like that. You got to think about it like you backed the right horse. Like, you know, okay. those people you see, you know, you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I'm not an MMA fighter and I never would be because I don't really have that stature for it. But I feel like if I was an MMA fighter and I walked in the streets, you know, it's like, okay, no one's, no one's really messing with me. You know, like, they may not know what I'm capable of, but okay. they know, they know me. You know, that's what you feel like when you're a Manchester United fan because you're like, yeah, you can talk shit. But at the end of the day, like, we got the trophies, we got the money, you know, we're still relevant. You know, so you can feel you can feel like yeah, a little bit untouchable. Until, That's a pretty
1: um, good
0: answer. That makes uh, sense. until
2: yeah, yeah. But you just gotta be careful with that. We just gotta keep that going. You know, we can't <laughs> lose that. So
0: that makes sense because when I see people in Manchester United jerseys, I want to like punch them in the face. <laughs> so that like, <laughs> like <laughs> thing, like because you know
3: they're gonna kick your ass. But maybe
0: <laughs> all three of you guys are probably bigger than me, so uh, <laughs> it's true. When I wear a Wolves kit around, people don't even know who it is. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. I like living in an-
3: an- anonymity over here. Yeah, they think that that's a team the Phoenix Rising are playing.
2: <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, wow. wow.
3: Hey, Shay, let me ask you this. Yep. Uh, as, as a United supporter, so early in the season, and granted, I know nothing. Um, I was not a big fan of Ole and the job he was doing. Um, yeah. Obviously, the run after the restart last year was incredible. <laughs> but they started so slow this year. And he had the quote, you know, it's going to take us five to seven games to get going. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's unacceptable. And then it did take five to seven games for them to get going. They've been pretty incredible since I've completely flipped. I'm an ole in guy. Now I think what he's done just been an incredible job. The way he handles the players, manages them. He even admitted he may not be the most tactical guy there is, but the way he handles players is probably top notch. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on Ole?
2: I might get some shit for this one. So this this is this is my take. This is my take on Ole. And I've said this since the beginning and I haven't wavered. My opinion on Ole has never wavered for the record. I think they set him up for failure. They mean the Glazers and Edward Wood and Manchester United. Now, by some miracle, I don't know how, he's managed to like literally change everything around. Like he was on his deathbed a couple times for Manchester United as a manager, but he's always seemed to fight his way through it. Now if you want Kyle, you were talking about you want to match the United fan and win trophies. Ole's not going to get us there. I hate to say mm-hmm. it. So, you know, he can steady the ship until we're ready to be that like your team again, but he's not going to get us to, to the Man City Liverpool status.
3: So mm. do you think do you think if they win Europa, does that begin to change at all? Or is Europa not looked at as a high enough trophy to really grab that prestige?
2: I mean, it's great prestige for him. For Solskjaer, but it's not really, I mean, it's not an insignificant trophy. A lot of great teams have won Europa, right? Atletico Madrid. But at the end of the day, you you manage Manchester United with the expectation that you're going to be in the Champions League consistently, and you know, you're going to be a title contender for the Champions League. So it's the right progression. It's the kind of progression that doesn't get you fired as a manager, but or sacked. But no, I mean, that's not, that's not going to do the job. It's not gonna do job.
0: You got Fair so enough. much knowledge, man. Just a wealth. That that's like the levels. When I listen to when I listen to mm. Across the Pond, I'm like, there is there's like a depth of understanding and knowledge, just having followed Premier League for so long that you guys have that 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 comes out. And so I hear that. Like for us, it's like, dude, Ole's doing a good job. They're winning, right? But yeah, I think, I think you got it. Um I mean, good. thankful for you it, guys. It, it,
2: yeah, it's just years of, of, of watching our teams go through all the pains, right? I mean, you'll be talking about Wolves in in ways that I don't understand either because, I, honestly, is a, a good team that can challenge good teams and they have a dominant priority. So, you know, that's that's why I've been to the conversation there. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah.
0: Well, we're really grateful for you. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully Absolutely. you didn't do too good of a job to convince Kyle. <laughs> Yeah,
2: thanks, good Shay.
3: luck. Like good work, right, guys. Shay. Appreciate you being here, my man. Absolutely. Right, thanks thanks man. for
2: having me, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right. See, see you. Again.
0: Bye. All right, guys. So Manchester United, so cool to have Shay on here. Um, that's Shay Davies from Across the Pond podcast. You can find them on all forms of podcast download. It is a great listen. They have a wealth of knowledge, Uh couple f- Liverpool fans, couple Manchester United fans. Uh, they have a uh, couple other contributors that have been on recently. One who's not a fan, uh, Jessica, she's not a fan of any club. She just loves the sport. She's great. Um, and and a couple others who contribute on on occasion so you can check them out on uh all media platforms while we're on manchester united we have to talk about the situation at old trafford i was uh i preached uh i guess i probably haven't talked about this much on our podcast uh but i preached this sunday i i am an active member in our church and i was i was given the task of preaching and so i'm getting these texts from friends and i'm seeing all these notifications come up on my phone about uh fans invading the pitch and is the game gonna get delayed and i'm like shoot i cannot check this out at all right now i'm trying to prepare for a sermon and so guys chris as our manchester united fan tell us what obviously we all know what happened fans invade the pitch game gets delayed but uh what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, um, I, I guess I'm kind of split a little bit in that I love the fan support. I love the fans showing up and being passionate about what they care about. If they want the Glazers out. That's the most apparent thing that anyone could see, right? Like Ray Charles sees that. They want gla- They want the Glazers out um so it was cool because i follow some people on on twitter that live in the area and we're there and we're enjoying it and we're you know chanting outside and singing songs and protesting and taking pictures with friends all outside and that was cool what i'm not down with is the people who went inside who looted and rioted and vandalized um the stadium through flares at the commentators. Uh, I'm not down with that. That's not okay. And and it's, it's weird because I kind of find myself almost being hypocritical of myself in that I supported uh, over the summer um, Black Lives Matter riots. Uh, I think there's a difference between social injustice and, and you know, wanting billionaire owners who own your favorite football club out. So I, just for the record, I, I agree. <laughs> I think there's a big difference
0: between and, social injustice and billionaire yes. owners.
3: Yes, and so uh, while I supported the riots to fight for equality for the American people, for the black people specifically who are fighting for that, I was all for it, I was all behind it. Um, the people who are fighting to get billionaires out of a club because they don't like how they run it i disagree with it that's not a reason to vandalize that's not a reason to loot that's not a reason to destroy um so I, i condemn those actions um the game being postponed it was it's almost like they accomplished what they wanted to it's just how they got there sucked right like the postponement of the biggest match in the Premier League is a huge deal. And if they could have pulled that off without having to go to the steps that they ended up going to, would have said more than what actually ended up happening. Because what are we talking about now? We're talking about the idiots throwing cameras. We're talking about the idiots throwing flares, right? We're not talking about the peaceful people outside who love their club so much that they wanted to bring banners, they wanted to sing songs, and try and have their voice heard that the Glazers need to sell the team. Um, And that's not what we're talking about. And that's not been the story. And so it's kind of frustrating because, you know, the vast majority were outside and it's the minority that had the voice and just the idiocy as they went through.
0: But we have to applaud the fact that it was actually all a brilliant ploy to ensure that city would not clinch the title. Like that's <laughs> what we have to applaud. That's, that's the brilliance of this move. I if thought we you were going to say,
3: I thought you were going to say they were ensuring Kyle wouldn't pick them because he won't stand for this.
0: No, 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 no. Um, I think no, they're far more concerned about uh, city winning the winning the title. So uh,
3: yeah, I mean, look, honestly, I, I, Granted, in that rivalry match, in, in rivalry matches just in general, you don't know which way it's going to go. I'm um, fair I believe in this United club, and I don't believe in this Liverpool club, just based on recent forms. So I wasn't worried about a loss. If anything, it was going to be a nil-nil draw, because that's what United tends to do in the biggest matches. Um, so, and, you know, for City to clinch, they needed a United loss. A draw wouldn't have done so you know, we'll leave it to City. They got to clinch on their own. It's it's a done deal. We've been saying it for a while. Uh, they need three points to clinch it and end it. Um, and you know, they play Chelsea this week, which is a tougher match. So who knows? They may not do it on their own. United plays Villa on Sunday, so they're they're a day apart. So we'll know going into next Sunday if United <laughs> has a loss, if it'll give it to City or not. So.
0: Yep. Well, the other pretty much foregone conclusion is Fulham and West Brom being out wolves, wolves and West Brom drew, which we'll talk about wolves, a wolves win wouldn't have relegated West Brom as much as we wanted it to anyways, but they're basically done. And then Chris, your dream scenario of Fulham, Newcastle final day of the season seems to have faded into the distance Newcastle now has a nine point advantage with four matches to go. And so it seems as if the two biggest races uh, for the title and for relegation are our foregone conclusions.
3: Yeah, for sure. Which only leaves us the joy of seeing who finishes fourth, fifth and sixth.
0: Yep. And potentially seventh, depending on the uh, the FA Cup final. So yeah. with that being said, gentlemen, um, that's that's really what we have on the table. Right now, uh, United is pretty solidly in uh, Champions League position with Leicester City in third, four points behind them. Chelsea, uh, two points behind them in fourth. West Ham with a, a critical victory today. They're three points behind Chelsea in fifth. Two points ahead of Tottenham, who had a great uh, win this weekend. They are two points behind West Ham. Liverpool is in seventh with a crucial game in hand, followed by Everton in eighth, uh, also with a game in hand. You have Arsenal and Aston Villa still kind of looming in the background. Uh, Aston Villa probably in better shape with, with a game in hand um but what do you guys what do you guys think i mean this is essentially other than Kyle choosing a team this is pretty much all <laughs> we have to like look forward to as far as as drama goes going into the end of the year
3: you know what i think is really interesting is that the postponement of the liverpool united match could end up being a huge reschedule on the calendar <clears throat> let's say they push it back towards the end of the year uniteds clinch top 4 they no longer care about how they finished in that game, other than it's a game of pride, right? Liverpool is going to need every point that they can get from now until the end of the season. And if they played yesterday, United probably goes out full force with their best squad, knowing that they have a Thursday match against Roma where they're up six, two in the leg, um, which is a almost insurmountable lead um, to go into, you know, the final leg of that match. So, I am, you know, even you saw the lineups came out and they were playing their best squad. And so for that game to get postponed, depending on when it gets rescheduled, you might not and probably won't see that same squad run out there. And, you know, who knows how that changes the outcome of the game. And, you know, do they hand Liverpool three points or do they go, you know what? Hey, guys, if we get three, we knock them all the way out and they can't get in. So let's go out and get it. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good rivalry. So I imagine United will want will want to to win that match, but but yeah, I think you're right. The postponement does add more storyline to it.
3: Yeah. Where where do you think they're going to finish? If you had to call it right now.
0: Where do I think Liverpool is going to finish?
3: Now, nah, give me yeah, give me your uh give me your give me your top 6. How does how does the top 6 finish?
0: Uh, City United, Chelsea, Leicester, uh, Liverpool, West Ham, Everton. I think I gave Ooh. you. Seven. I think Spurs. I think Spurs fall to eight. I'm going to have to write that down somewhere so we can revisit it at the end. Chris, what <laughs> do you think?
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I had it going city, United, Chelsea, Leicester.
0: Uh, wait, wait, wait. Le- oh, city,
3: United. Leicester or no Chelsea, Leicester. So same, same top four as you. Same top four. Yep. Same top four. And then um, it's tough. Cause I, I, don't have schedules up in front of me, so I'm just going to go based on feel. Um, I'm going to go West Ham, Liverpool, Spurs, Everton.
0: Nice. I like it. We'll revisit that at the end of the season.
3: Now refresh, refresh me on if whoever wins the FA Cup gets a guaranteed spot into... Europa. Okay. And if that happens and they're already in... Europa position then the Premier League gets to add another club right
0: yes so okay. so it's it's the winner so fifth if you look at the table there's lines that are drawn right so um after four there's a line and after five there's a line so the fifth place is actually the only guaranteed spot into Europa but the winner of the FA Cup and the League Cup the Carabao Cup also get in but those clubs are almost always clubs who are in Europa or Champions League already so then it allows for a fifth sixth spot and sometimes a seventh spot so last year so 2 years ago wolves finished 7th made europa last year wolves finished 7th didn't make europa the reason they didn't is because arsenal who i think finished 8th beat chelsea in the FA cup and took wolves Uh, Europa spot.
3: so weird.
0: It is. And then
3: then teams that get knocked out of Champions League early go into Europa as well, right? But if you progress in Champions League, you don't ever get to go to Europa.
0: All third place teams from the the tables, so once you go through the group stage, all first and second place teams from the group stage advance to the round of 16 fourth place teams are eliminated third place teams drop down and get put into a this round of 32 for Europa okay and that's why Manchester United st- they started the year in Champions League but now are in the semifinals of Europa which is perfect timing because that's what I want to talk about next we, some, we had some uh interesting matches over, over the week, uh, city and Chelsea in the champions league, both took important leads in their matches. Um, and Manchester United came from behind to take a just massive lead in the semifinals of, of Europa Arsenal's down 2 1 on theirs, but they did get an important away goal. So they go home. Uh, they would need to, if they win 1 0, they will advance on away goals. Um, if they win by two, they also advance. And there's a whole bunch of other scores that have different ramifications. But so Arsenal can advance. So it's possible still that we could have an all Premier League finals for both the Champions League and Europa.
3: Yeah, and if there was going to be one match where I was like, Kyle, this is the match you got to watch to see why this United squad is so fun. It was the Roma-Europa semifinal 6-2. I mean, it was everything that you've come to expect from United this season where they come out and they get a goal, and then they give up two goals. They go into halftime down 2-1, and then they score five goals in the second half on just like – beautiful play after beautiful play after beautiful goal. Like it was awesome. It was so awesome.
0: It was a fun match. I did change it. Cause I was looking for drama. So I changed it over to the arsenal yes, uh, match. And I think I tweeted about this before we went silent for the, the say no to racism uh, blackout this weekend, which we didn't really talk about last week, but um we went silent on social media. That's kind of a stand against racism. You know, Twitter will, will shut down your video. If you post a video with like license without with licensed lyrics to songs, but you can, they'll find that really quick, but someone posting racial abuse, they don't shut that down. And so mm-hmm. uh, this was kind of the football world's effort to, to send a message and, um, It'll be interesting to see what the stats are. I know all players, all the clubs went silent all weekend from Friday through today. Um, A lot of this podcast did as well. So I'm just curious the stats, even like the users on if it was way down or if it mattered or if it made a difference at all. But um, all that to say, watching Europa, it's fun to have been a fan now long enough to see former so Villarreal's manager the team that Arsenal is playing is Arsenal's former manager from the first year I started watching Unai Emery so there was that and then in the United game someone playing for Roma used to play for United used to play in the Premier League and I'm like this is amazing this is what it's like to be a fan like you start to see these players move in and out over the years so that was like my first little glimpse of that.
3: Yeah, it was fun. And, and that was the dude that Arteta took over for, right? He got sacked and Arteta took over for him.
0: That's right. One of my friends that year of eighteen nineteen, he told me, he said, um, he's a huge Liverpool fan. He's one of the best soccer coaches in the state of Arizona. Um, he told me, he said, if I were you, I would choose Arsenal. He's like, Unai Emery is a great coach. They've got a great young team. It would be a fun team to, to follow. Well, he doesn't know enough about premier league because Unai got sacked that season. (laughs) (laughs) Arsenal has been middling towards the the center of, of the table since then.
3: Well, and we can't really say that the ownership in the premier league know what they're doing as well. Cause Spurs ownership thought it was a good idea to sack uh, Pocatino for uh, Mourinho. So uh, it's not always the brightest guys leading the way.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, One thing that's interesting, we could have an all premier league final in both champions league and Europa, which may sound like remarkable, but the last time that happened was actually the 18, 19 season. (laughs) <laughs> Liverpool and Tottenham played in the Champions League final, and Chelsea Arsenal played in the Europa final. So, if there's any doubt as to what league is the best in the world, I think it's it's pretty clear. Uh, the Premier League is is the top of the heap.
1: Uh, I thought you were going to say MLS. I Not didn't
0: yet. It. We're just- getting there. MLS is having a good showing in the CONCACAF Champions League though. We've got some That's teams progressing. We do have a little of an American Watch this week. The other Captain America, yes, you know him, you love him, Owen Otasaui, <laughs> the other Captain America, which sure. is which actually that's actually a horrible like statement to make. Cause if you guys have watched Falcon and the winter soldier on Disney plus, there's this like new captain America who tries to take the mantle and he's an asshat. So I don't mean to put that on Owen.
3: <laughs> You're just excited. Cause there's an American playing for your favorite team. And so by, Absolutely. Default, Absolutely. by default, he gets that title. That's yeah. it. Owen got the start and the real Captain America uh, opened the uh, Champions League with a goal this week.
0: He did. He did. I was I'm like a man of the moment. So I'm reflecting on the fact that he didn't play. He didn't even feature this week in the Premier League, but he did. He became, I think, the first American to score in a, sem- in a Champions League semifinal. So pretty amazing. That's Christian Pulisic, of course. But I do want to talk about Owen Otisawi, Uh Finally got a start. Nuno came out with a young squad today. They got the draw against West Brom, but a lot of promise. I was so thankful to see a fun young squad and Owen looked really good. Not great. There were some clear errors. He was in the back line. I think he's a midfielder naturally. And they played him um, in the back, but he made, he's so big and so strong. Kyle, I don't know if you saw him play much, but he is, he is like your type of guy. You got to try and catch Love him. That. watch some of the watch some of the footage because he's big he's tall he uses his body he was playing up the field quite a bit he made some amazing dribbles in fact his his one dribble kind of set up uh the first goal and really just featured a lot of our young guys with Fabio Silva getting the goal but uh that was Owen Owen Odesawi and so great to see him out there this week
3: Sorry, I was just watching Christian's goal from the Champions League <laughs> and enjoying it. That's a really pretty one. You know what I want? Uh, not to get away from the America watch, but I, at the end of the season, someone needs to compile all of Warner's should have been goals uh, because there's at least 20 of them.
0: Yeah, he he has he struggled this year, to say the least. <laughs>
1: So hey, I just looked up a picture of Owen Otisawi. Oh, did you see and, his flex picture? Is that oh that's my the one gosh, that comes up. I just saw his flex picture? He looks like not Captain America, but Mr. America, Mr. Universe. I mean, he looks like a bodybuilder in this picture. Good night.
0: He's a model too, I guess. The
1: dude is, yeah, yeah he's he's that's he's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. He'll be a fun one for you guys.
0: Yeah, if Nuno will play him, it um, should be fun. Uh, we should talk a little bit about some of the other matches. I mentioned earlier Spurs had a had a critical 4-0 win over Lowly Sheffield. But Gareth Bale had a hat trick. Pretty impressive. Um, another important match was the West Ham match. Uh, they got a win today. They went down one nil to Burnley, but uh, Miguel Antonio of a, a podcast favorite. He ended up with two goals to give them to the win the win and keep them still in shooting distance of, of champions league spot of, of top four. So,
3: yeah, that, the, the Bale hat trick, I mean, you know, it, It always goes back to like, what was Mourinho doing with some of these guys? Like, (laughs) I just don't get it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It'll be, he'll get another job. It'll be interesting where it'll be though.
3: (laughs) Well, for your sake, hopefully not Wolverhampton.
0: Oh gosh. Shoot me. That'd be the worst.
3: It would actually be the best. It would just, you talking about Mourinho every week would just be phenomenal.
0: Yeah. It would be horrible. I wouldn't want to get one then. Well, let's talk about lock it in. Um, we had quite a bit of different uh, experiences this week. I got a win city over palace moving me to the top of the table at 21 and 14. Chris got a draw. He took Leicester over Southampton. That drops him to 20 and 14 with a game in hand. And Chris or and Kyle's for Everton loss to Aston Villa dropping him to 18 17 um rough rough loss for you uh Kyle with that who are you taking this week
1: yeah the big Sam magic wasn't enough for for Everton um I'm fighting just to stay over 500 at this point so I'm going with what I I think is I think this is a gimme but Who knows with my track record. Leicester (laughs) over Newcastle.
0: I like it. Newcastle had been playing well, but they lost this weekend. So maybe there's still a chance for Fulham, but I don't think so. Chris, who are you taking?
1: I think Fulham's already bought their tickets for, you know, the Caribbean or wherever these guys go to to party after the season. They're checked out.
0: Yeah, there's a handful of them who are trying hard because they want to get maybe a contract with a Premier League club. But (laughs) sad we're going to be losing two Americans with these relegations. I mean, really only one. I don't think Tim Ream is featured since (laughs) uh, since like the third or fourth week of the season, and rightly so, and rightly so. Tim
1: Ream is like that, you know, that Jimmy Kimmel bit where at the end of every Jimmy Kimmel show he'd say, ah, didn't have time for Matt Damon, maybe next, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> totally oh tim Dur- tim Reem didn't get in the game this week maybe next week he'll get in meanwhile he's just not there he's not on the roster at all <laughs> totally
3: uh so i you know i decided screw it i'm backing my boys for the rest of the season uh, oh
1: <laughs> oh can we hold you to that
3: i mean no <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the
0: rest of the season you mean this week for this week
3: yeah yeah, yeah, because I, usually I shy away from United unless they're playing like a super bottom feeder. Um, but, you know, I love my guys. I want to see them win. I'm taking United yeah, over sure. Aston Villa.
0: I like it. I'm going with Liverpool over Southampton. Um, I think, Kyle, like you said, it seems like a no-brainer, but that's why they play the game. Match of the week this week. Kyle, I'm sure you'll be keeping your eye on this one. Uh, City versus Chelsea should be a great match. And by that time, by the time they play, they will actually know if they will be playing each other in the Champions League final as well. So that's quite interesting. I'm dubbing this the 2021 champion versus the 2022 champion. That's so that's the reason to watch it. Chris is giving me the side eyes glance, but you heard, you heard Shay. He said they can't win with Ole, and Ole's <laughs> probably not going to get sacked. So you need to be okay with third or fourth next season.
3: I'm also okay with Shay being wrong. Mm-hmm. I am okay. I am okay with that. Guys, okay uh, yeah, any know, other
0: matches that caught your attention for this weekend?
3: Um. Not really, uh definitely interested in the the Champions League semifinals that'll wrap up this week, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, the Europa semis too. Um, I'm trying to look so Chelsea plays on Wednesday. Is that when city also plays? Are those games congruent to each other?
0: I don't I don't think so. I think one is Tuesday and one's Wednesday, but I actually. I haven't looked yet, so.
3: Let me look at City real quick. So yeah,
0: City, City PSG, Tuesday. It's uh, tomorrow. City's, up, City's up 2-1 on aggregate with two away goals, so PSG has a lot of ground to make up, but they've got a squad that can do it for sure. That'll be a must-watch match. I think that'll be yeah. super fun because PSG yeah, I mean, will throw everything they have at them.
3: That fir- The first game was awesome, too. So. It really
1: was.
0: And then Chelsea... Yeah, and
3: for-
1: go sorry go ahead Nate
0: oh Chelsea Madrid's on Wednesday they're tied 1-1 but Chelsea has the away goal so that always gives you an advantage heading in um but that also I mean it should be a great match
1: and I was just going to say from the top four update Everton and Leeds this past week laid absolute duds and where they had you know in my opinion a lot in my opinion, is what matters. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, they had a lot of momentum going for them, you know, going into this past week and then just absolutely didn't show up really in either match. And the, the big clubs, Man U, although they didn't play, but I respect the protest and Chelsea played well. And so they, they kind of drew even, and then looking forward, Everton and Leeds both have, really challenging matchups. Uh, Leeds is playing the Spurs and Everton has West Ham. And so challenging matches for both, which could kind of continue their downslide or would be a huge, a huge win if they were to be able to to get some points there. So I'm, I have my eyes on both of those clubs for sure.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's going to be interesting. These next few, I mean, only, you know, where these teams truly stack up, but, um, there's, a-
1: I will say this, this I, we didn't touch on this after Shay's interview, but his explanation for how do I look at myself in the mirror and saying, Hey man, it's, you just own it. It's like a, U, UFC fighter. And you just say, Hey, I'm with the biggest guy. I'm with the the hottest girl here. Like, and, and what are you going to say to me? that's a pretty good answer
3: that
1: got man. You, um, that got them some bonus points in my book. So Shay for the win, man. It was a great response.
3: Great response.
0: Chris texted me while Shay was talking and he said, he's like, you should have got some homeless guy off the street to represent man. You and kind of bumble through his interview because you brought in like the big gun for man. U. And if you really didn't want Manchester United to be chosen by, by Kyle, then, you should have undersold it a little bit. I appreciate I have faith that. in these other clubs. There's there's these other clubs have a lot going for them. I think they can withstand the the Manchester United heat.
3: I mean, Everton can't, but you know, that's up to Kyle.
0: <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Big Sam.
3: Big Sam for Everton struggling to the final.
0: Struggling in. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's it. I actually don't know who we have next week. We'll either be featuring Chelsea or Leeds. I'm still trying to dial that in. So we'll find out. Cool. Cliffhanger. All right, gentlemen. Even I'm Glazers out now.
3: Yeah. Glazers out, boys.
0: Peace.